All right, so I'm super excited to introduce everyone to Kristen Schmoke. And we'll get into more about Kristen in just a little bit, but we all know that growing up is hard. The changes, challenges, and unknown surround you all the time. And then you have kids and it starts all over again. Fortunately, you aren't the first one to become a parent. And imagine a world where parenting can be made easier. Your questions answered and harmony in the home is commonplace. That's where parenting with heart comes in. Hi parents, I'm Monica, one of two Monicas and a microphone, here to introduce the latest podcast featuring certified parent coach, Kristen Schmoke. Kristen has her master's in elementary education, is a certified parent coach and a mom of four. So I don't know who else has more credentials than Kristen. Kristen, did I leave anything out? No, that's it. That about covers it. Okay. Well, that's good because you are a wealth of knowledge and I know you've helped me in the past and the other Monica in the past and many, many other families. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself beyond your resume? Yeah, sure. Well, first of all, I love to read. So I always have a book and oftentimes I am reading nonfiction books. So every now and then I have to like lighten the load a little bit with some fiction. <laughs> okay. Uh, I love to exercise and I love to get together with friends. It was a, a, a great night for me is to hang out with some girlfriends. My favorite place in the whole wide world is Northern Michigan in the summer, in the woods, on the lake. And if you met me in person, Monica, you know me in person. I'm, <laughs> I'm exceptionally tall. So most people go, oh, I didn't know you were that tall. Didn't you play volleyball? I did. You did. Okay. Okay. So I remember that from college. Um, the other thing I remember, and we talked about this in the American Music episode, American Pie by Don McLean. We would play that at the seniors night. And I remember your seniors night. You stood up on the table and you were dancing on the table and you were so tall on the table. <laughs> I was even taller on the table. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but that's a great memory for me because it was such a fun night. We used to dance on tables a lot in college. That was Yes, we did. Speakers, <laughs> tables. <laughs> I don't know why that was a thing, but it was. I, I don't know either. And Monica and I talk about that a little bit in an upcoming episode. <laughs> Friends, we're not here to talk about college or any of that. We're here to talk about back to school. I'm just getting started on my back to school journey. I have Sienna going into first grade and Logan just starting kindergarten. And Kristen, you have successfully graduated one child. Yes. Fantastic. <laughs> I mean, it's a what does very that feel like? Experience. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. bet. How did this happen? How did, how did we get here so quickly? <laughs> Or how am I so old? No? That, yeah, that too. <laughs> <laughs> no, by the time my kids graduate from high school, I'm going to be ancient <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. Basically, I think you have all the answers for our listeners. And so let's look at some of the most common topics for the back to school, what I call back to school blues. How about bedtime transition? I was just looking on the Facebook group and saw a comment about this. Moms, help me out here. My 14-year-old starts high school on the 10th. He will be starting class at 7 a.m. So freaking early. I'm not a morning person. Uh, what time would you send your kid to bed under these circumstances? At 14 years old, she'd like to have a conversation with the kid, and he wants to go to sleep at 11 p.m., which is insane. That's my own commentary. What is your commentary? I don't know. When a child's 14 entering high school, we need to start teaching some independence, 
right? Okay. And a little bit of autonomy around their decisions. And I think a really good thing to have with the child that's 14 is a conversation. Okay. Sit them down and have that conversation like, okay, here's an ideal amount of time for you to be sleeping for your age, eight to 10 hours of sleep. And here's the time you have to get up for school or you have to be at school. Right. Um, how long does it take you to get ready in the morning? How long does it take you to get to school in the morning? So considering all of that, what would be an ideal bedtime for you? What should we start doing and kind of opening a conversation with your child? Because we want them to start having that independence. Because if you come in and say, your bedtime is 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Well, every 14 year old, every 14 year old I know is going to go, um, yeah, about that. Uh, even even my four-year-old is like, uh, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They don't typically like to have that kind of response. But when you can have a conversation with them, you can hear their perspective. You can have some open dialogue about things that might be going on in their head that you didn't even consider. They might be saying to you, but mom, while my friends get on to play video games at 10 o'clock at night, and you're thinking, well, that's the time you should be going to bed. Mm-hmm. And you might not even realize some of the other things that are important to them. I always laugh whenever I hear my, my teenagers doing laundry at one o'clock in the morning. I'm like, oh my God, really? Yeah. I'm glad they're doing their laundry. Yes. Yay. But I'm always like, hmm, that sounds like we're going to have to have a conversation later that day, the next day saying like, hey, what was, what was happening for you? And did that, are you, how are you feeling today? Is that, was that a good decision? Or should we manage our time a little better? <laughs> <laughs> just wait till they're 40 and they're like, there's no way I'm doing laundry at 1am. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Especially when I wake up and hear the dryer at one o'clock in the morning. I'm like, Oh, goodness. what are they yeah. doing? <laughs> well, I oh, think okay. those are really good suggestions. And I see here that if you want to start moving a bedtime, make it earlier by 15 minutes, a few nights in a row to get an ideal routine. And I think that's exactly what my family has to do. Um, we haven't really shifted bedtime. And the school starts later, but I think maybe making it even a little bit earlier would give Paul and I a little bit more time to ourselves and also get the kids set up a little better. Yeah, you know, it really depends on your child. Some people's children really require a lot of sleep. Ideally for young children, it's 12 hours. But some kids... I mean, that's the norm, right? But sure. there's always those outliers that, that don't fall into that, that normal box. And that's okay. So there are some children who just like to live life to the full capacity, including summer, and they want to go, 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 go until they collapse. Those kids are ones that are going to just have to utilize every moment that they have. And really, you're probably going to have to take the um, approach of starting to wake them up a little bit earlier in the morning, as opposed to putting them to bed earlier. Oh, Okay. And the reason I say that is because when you wake them up a little bit earlier in the morning by like 15 minutes, or you start to at least establish a wake up time, right? Mm-hmm. It will naturally start to go better, go to bed earlier because they're going to get tired. Oh, I love that. They might so, collapse. So then have, it's not so much of a battle of going to bed. Yes. It's more of like, hey, hey my body's up. ready. And then, yeah, absolutely. Then they kind of, they kind of collapse on their own at the end of the day. I love that. I have one of each. I have Sienna who loves sleeping. And then I have Logan, who's my early worm. I call him the early worm. He's not the early bird. He's the early worm. <laughs> I love it. So yeah, he, his little body is like an alarm clock and uh, sometimes 545. <laughs> and it's totally normal for you to have two completely different kids. 
I have my youngest two are completely different. My my youngest son, he loves to stay up late and sleep in late. And my daughter, she is like asleep by nine o'clock, but she's up every day at six. Oh, yeah. I think if I were a morning person, I would rule the world. Um, <laughs> but I'm not. I'm a night owl. That's when my brain turns on. Paul's like, you're not coming to sleep. I'm like, no, I actually like have all these ideas. So anyway, but we're talking about back to school. And another topic is anxiety. And I know some kids have this. I think some parents have this. I know I have this because I'm just starting the back to school journey. We've got new schools, new classes. So Sienna the other day just mentioned, she said, mom, I'm going to go back to Miss Johnson's class at Holland of our primary. I'm like, "Mm, actually, no. And even if you were going to that school, you would have a different teacher and a different class. And she's like, what? So everything is new every year for the kids. What's a good way to help kids who really are anxious cope with that? Yeah, there's, there's a lot of things that you can do to kind of prepare for it. And some of that is, you know, driving by the school. Some schools might let you take a look around, but it's hard to tell. Um, schools vary by place to place. So not all schools might be open to that. I know a lot of mm-hmm. schools, especially in the elementary, they offer like a back to school night or an open house. Definitely consider going to do that. Especially a lot of elementary teachers will reach out to their students, either maybe like a postcard or an email or something. You can start to kind of introduce yourself to them. If you can, you can even go to the school's website. And if they have a picture of the teacher posted, you can definitely take a look at that. If it's a brand new school, take a look online for Mm -hmm. the things that they have laying out, you know, pictures of the school. But the real anxiousness actually for young children comes either from a a previous bad experience Mm. or it comes from most of the time they pick up the energy from their parents. Ah. If you are projecting an anxious energy, they will embrace that and take that and make it their own. They're so intuitive when they're young. It's crazy. Like Logan knows every time I'm in a bad mood. They are little empaths. Yes. And they don't necessarily understand the emotion, but they feel it. Yeah. And so if you are feeling anxious or have some anxious energy about going back to school, I really recommend trying to center yourself and find a way that you can create some calm Mm -hmm. in your energy before you approach that subject with your child. Because if you have that anxious energy, they will take it on for themselves. If you have a, this is a safe place, this is um, a place of security, this is a place that um, is going to be really good for you, they're also going to embrace that as well. I think those are all great suggestions. And, you know, Sienna was the type of girl that even at preschool, pre-preschool when she was two and a half or something, she like walked ahead of me, walked down the stairs and like never looked back. <laughs> and, then, and then there's Logan. He's like, no, don't leave me. I can't go. And I knew he was going to feel that way. So I think I was feeling that way. That's totally normal. And, and every kid, like even, you said, is different. I was going to say, it's completely different experiences. I, I always feel like the youngest child is the one that's like, peace out, mom. I'll see, I know how to do this. And that's because by that time, mom and dad are already kind of in the group, they're like, this is great. This is a great place for you. You're going to have a great time. Yeah. 
oftentimes the oldest or the one of the older children has a little bit more anxiety about it because the parent uh-huh. is a little bit more unsure. There's a lot of paperwork to fill out. Where do we go? I don't know all of yeah. these things that I'm supposed to be knowing. Well, and I, I mean, I can relate having to sign Sienna up for kindergarten from a different state. I mean, there's websites, there's like shots and records and all. why is it so complicated? That wasn't me being anxious about her going. It was just like, how do I figure all of this out? There's a, definitely a lot of information and our family just moved as well. And so trying to manage all of the paperwork in and of itself is a full-time job. It is. And so don't try to talk to your child about going back to school while you're filling out that paperwork. Because <laughs> <laughs> that feeling of overwhelm is going to be transpired to your child. That's a terrible yours. idea. <laughs> well, my kids have been bugging me endlessly about new water bottles because they break them all. That brings us to supplies. Yeah. And, you know, I just happened last year to pick out what I wanted for them. But now they're like, I want this. I want that. I want LOL. I want Minecraft. I want, I'm like, oh my God, I don't know. So what do we do when it comes to supplies to make everything happy and harmonious in the household? Yeah, I definitely recommend encouraging you to engage your children in that activity. So if you know you're going to buy lunch boxes, backpacks, and water bottles, have your child pick out one that they would like. That's just going to help them be more excited about the day they have to go to school. And they're going to be really proud and really excited about that backpack and more likely to carry it on their own. Then if it's one that you picked out and they're like in their head, maybe they say it out loud because yeah. sometimes they don't have a filter, but they're like, <laughs> Ew, that's ugly. I don't like that one. Or why can't, why can't I have the, the Paw Patrol one or the Mickey Mouse one that my friends have? So if you are a parent who's like, ugh, I can't handle the character bags or lunch boxes, embrace it that that's where your child is right now. And that's going to help them be encouraged and get excited. Now, if you're buying just regular supplies, markers, pens, pencils, paper, you could probably mm-hmm. buy that on your own. Um, but help your child to pack their bag on their way to school and, and, and get all prepared for school and have that bag all ready to go. So when that first day comes, they're excited about it. They're excited about it. They get yes. to use their new things. I was going to say, let them pick out their first out, first day outfit if they're if they don't have a uniform. And that's if, a great idea. They, even if they do have a new uniform, still let them lay it out. They might they might like like one one. I know usually the times when you have a uniform, they get like one or two choices from. Mm-hmm. Um, from one and maybe they want to pick a certain one to wear or maybe they have new brand new shoes to wear on the first day of school. Yes. I love all of these suggestions. Well, friends, we don't want to take up too much of your time, but we do hope that Parenting with Heart was helpful for you today with our back to school blues episode featuring parenting coach Kristen Schmoke. And if you want more, just tune in next week and we will have more topics to help your home become harmonious as a parent. Anything to add, Kristen? No, I don't think so. I always right. just laugh whenever you say my name. <laughs> <laughs> I have to really enunciate. Because like I have the SCH also in my, my last name, Sheglov, but it's a different pronunciation, right? It's really weird. It's a tongue twister. Yeah. <laughs> Sheglov Schmoke. Anyway, that, I think maybe that's why I'm a little better at it than the other Monica. <laughs> I love it. 
So friends, if you like this episode, please rate it five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and leave us a review. Don't forget to share it with a friend that you know needs some help parenting or just some encouragement parenting. All right. Until next week, we'll see you then. We have to give credit where it's due. This is part of a Nothing Serious Seriously production. And the music for the intro and outro is thanks to Frank Schroeder. Happy tutorial at filmmusic.io.